Welcome to the Encouragement to Go podcast, where we share good news, great laughs, and real life stories to encourage you as you face life today. Welcome to Courage Meant to Go. I'm here with my friend Ryan. I guess we're friends. A little bit. I mean, I've known you for like four months, so we're pretty good friends. Yeah. Um, I, I think we get along well because, well, we play pickleball. And we're kind of loud. And we might, well, we're Christians. Yes. Is there anything else in common? Uh, you just try to hit me a lot, and I try to hit you back. But other than that... Let's talk about that real quick. This is true. In pickleball, you're probably not supposed to try to hit the other person with the ball on purpose. I've been told you should not. I do it at least three times a game when I play Ryan. I would say it's more. <laughs> um, but it's actually... He doesn't get mad. I don't get mad. Because I do get hit sometimes. It's usually by the older people, and I just stand there. Yes. And it kind of hurts sometimes. A little bit. You wear a sweater, so it doesn't hurt. Uh, that's just for sweating purposes. That's not for protection. I've always wondered why it was called a sweater. Yeah, that's so why. You can sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but we're going with it. Um, start off with uh, Ryan. Would you rather eat sardines or would you rather eat Lindberger cheese? I like sardines, so I'm going to go with sardines. Do you eat it in a sauce? Uh, the tomato sauce? No, most of the time it's like the mustard sauce I eat it in. You can get it mustard sauce. Yeah, and you, crackers. You can get it. I only know this because I went to the store yesterday and we were in the sardine section for a while. Don't ask me why. But uh, you can get it in like hot pepper. Yeah, hot sauce is pretty good on it. Okay. I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan. I wouldn't choose it, but over the cheese, definitely. Yeah. Have you ever ate some really bad cheese? Yes. We were, we were at, um, my grandpa used to preach at a church, and it was called Falmouth, Indiana. Everybody would call it Falmouth. That's how it was spelled. But this was whenever I was in youth group, and we did a fear factor there. Mm. And we had to eat a bunch of nasty Limburg cheese was one of them. And yeah. that most people didn't make it through that part. The next part was wet dog food, and that's what got me. Yeah. I was throwing up a little bit, but it wasn't. You know, it's interesting this stuff happens at youth group because um, I run a, one of the weeks of dean of one of the camps over at Westport, and uh, we had a fear factor. And we thought it was a good idea to uh, mix M&Ms and mustard. No, M&Ms and ketchup. And, and the kids got through that, and, and it wasn't good, but they did it. Mm-hmm. And then we did uh, marshmallow covered in mustard. That would not be good. And uh, I didn't know this, but like EMTs and sometimes use mustard to get people to puke. And uh, this got some kids to puke. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I got to hear it from some of the other like counselors, like, you know, that's not like, that's bad. <laughs> and we're like, it's a church camp. Like, what else do we do? Like, right. Stuff you're probably, I guess, shouldn't do. I don't know. Right. Um, eat some things. I mean, you're already eating the camp food, which sometimes isn't the best, but they try. Yeah. They're on a budget, a strict budget. Um, yeah. So, so I went to that church, that camp also. You did? When I, as a youngin. We didn't, we didn't have Fear Factor, but... You didn't? No. Do you remember <clears throat> anything about it? I, a lot, yeah. That was one of my favorite ones that we did. We talked about the chalk um, drawings. Didn't you, didn't you talk about... Have you talked about... Did you see the chalk drawing guy that did, like, the no. cool Jesus? No, no I didn't see he, that. He didn't want to do that for you. My favorite was uh, we played Night Strike. Ooh, what's this? 
um, the counselors would all have flashlights. It was after dark. And it was kind of like capture the flag at nighttime. Um, if you got caught by the light, then you would have to go back to your base camp. And there was like four different teams. You know the little woods area that's out there? Yeah, there's a lot. But, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, it, Behind it, the softball field, probably. Yeah. No, on the other side of the softball field. In between the – like the – where the oh, yeah. rec room was at and the pond. Okay. <clears throat> and we would have to go from like one base and try to capture the flag and get back. And there was, at the tower they had set up was a big spotlight. So it was kind of difficult to get through there, but it was a lot of fun. This is a days, see, we kind of avoid things like this nowadays just because you're like, man, I don't want some young Liability. teenagers go into the woods together there, in the dark. There was a couple that got kicked out for stuff like that, but. Yeah, and it, it wasn't was, you. It wasn't me. Wow. But most of the time, uh, it was pretty, it was, it, we just had fun and there was no. See, we assume as adults sometimes that the teenagers are going to do the worst things, but really they just want to go have fun and we probably rob them from some things. I think so. Yeah. But I mean, there were a couple of that we, when we went there, there were a couple that got kicked out for doing inappropriate deeds. Yes. <laughs> wow. I, I'm thinking of a song that doesn't go along with this podcast, <laughs> like dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, don't listen to ACDC. If you're listening to this, no good, um, I guess. Um, but no, so you've done some ministry. I have. And you've done jail ministry. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm not. I have not. At all? No. What kind of ministry did you do? Um, I pastored a church for a while. Did you visit the jail to do ministry? Uh, not to do ministry. Huh. Through my previous job, I did. Oh, that's it. what you were talking about. Okay. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've seen happen in jail, personally? Um, a lot. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I saw a, a pretty good food fight once. Okay. It was with frozen food, though. Some blood shed? Yeah. Um, one of the rooms that we went into... Uh, I would go and counsel people pretty much with uh, mostly drug addiction at this point. Um, or, or they were, uh, had done something wrong with their, like against their child, child abuse, neglect, stuff like that. And I would go in there and, and one of the rooms in uh, one of our local jails, they have a, almost like a museum of all the stuff that they found. Oh, wow. And like shanks and stuff like that and it's it's amazing what people will try to make weapons out of not really amazing but it's creative very creative uh, like toilet paper rolls melted down uh, they're actually smoked down they're not melted because it's cardboard so it don't melt wow um, but they get it wet and then they get it they catch it on like with a bunch of smoke and it makes it really hard and they grind it to a point a toilet paper roll yeah Wow, if you're listening today and you needed like, what kind of cool weapon can I make? Just toilet after paper. your toilet paper's done, yeah. just go ahead and take that roll and try to make a shank out of it. Well, you, I, I don't really want to give a whole lot of detail about how to make it, but right, you have to use some toilet paper also. Gotcha. And well, you could probably YouTube it all you out there. That's I'm very sure you could. Yeah. Um, hopefully that you're not heading into jail, so you right. don't need something right. like this. Uh, just go out and use the knife out of the drawer. Yeah. To, um, to cut something like cheese cheese that you don't want to eat yeah not not limber cheese yes not not that um what is your favorite kind of cheese uh, i like sharp cheese like sharp cheddar swiss stuff like that 
That's why we're friends. Sharp That's cheese is the best. It is. And pepper jack's pretty good, too. I like pepper jack. I like anything really with a little bit of spice and heat. Me and Ryan connect because we, uh, we like this pizza place um, that Ryan found out about because of... But is it better than Pizza King? That's the question. That is the question. Um, if you have to be 100% honest right now, Ryan, is Bethel Ordinary Pizza better than Pizza King? The silence I means think, yes. I think, it's, I think it's very similar... No. The only I think the only difference is, is the toppings at Pizza King is ground down a little finer than the other one. True. But I think like the crust proportion to the cheese, to the meat, to the sauce is almost identical. Hmm. Well, folks, if you like Pizza King, I guess you should go to this Bethel Ordinary Pizza in Wanamaker, Indiana. Oh. This was a free advertisement for them. They do not sponsor this podcast. Yet. Nor does anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's open to... Want to sponsor this? I don't even know why we'd need a sponsor. The stuff did cost money, but it's over a few years ago. So um, uh, I'm going to be like one of those preachers. If you'd like to send money, here's the number at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> I wish um, you would. Please send money now or else this is going to shut off soon. Um, no, just kidding. you got three seconds. Two. Beep. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. And we're back because nobody sent money, and that's perfectly fine because this is not live. So, yeah. Um. And preaching um, that you could share, you know, there's probably been some instances where you were like, what were these people thinking? Several. Several. And since some of them may have been your family, you probably probably shouldn't share that in case somebody from your family actually stumbles upon this podcast somehow. That'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which, believe it or not, I knew Ryan's, I know Ryan's brother due to uh, married someone from the, the church I pastor at, um, so... He's nice to talk about his brother in such great ways. Um, loving ways. Loving. And, yeah, awesome. But there's got to be a story about your brother that could stand out. <laughs> <laughs> See how I did that? Uh, or yeah. you could go back to the church story and tell uh, some crazy story having to church. You we, have crazy stories. Uh, a couple. We could do both. Okay. Um, All we got here is time. That's why somebody's listening to this. They're like, I just didn't have anything else to do, so I turned on this podcast. One of my favorite things to do to my brother is call like the local radio stations when they're having like those dial a deals and stuff like that. Dial a deal, yes. Yeah. And offer like free puppies or uh, a really cheap car or free scrap metal and give him his phone number. And then like I'm calling, I'm getting, I'm getting a phone call. Dude, you got to quit doing this. I've had like 15 people call me so far. How many times have you done this? Really? Oh, several. I can't count. Wow. I didn't know that somebody would do this to someone else, but it's hilarious. Um, you should try it. This is actually a podcast today similar to my uh, theolo theological degree, learning what not to do. Exactly. Uh, this is something that... Okay, so we have done something, I think, during my college days when I had friends, we would do something similar and, and post a, something in the paper, like something like you're, you're saying, like yeah. rent like for, like for $200 to share a room with, yeah, this guy, please give me a call, and then we put their number on it. Uh, we did that too uh, <laughs> uh, on a Craigslist ad. You did? Yeah. For free puppies <laughs> to a guy I worked with. And he got a lot of phone calls, and he still, does, to this day, does not know who it was. Well, if you listen to this, um, it's probably not Ryan. It was somebody else that was with Ryan. It was somebody I worked with Yeah, who did it for the other person I worked with. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think the most crazy about church is uh, people thinking that the churches are – 
a handout. Mm. That happens. Uh, we get we we got a lot from the church that I went to was a very small church that I pastored, and we were paying bills, and that was about it. And people would come in all the time wanting money for food, rent, uh, electric bill, gas bill, stuff like that, and we did not have a problem with helping them. Like we would take a collection if it was a legitimate thing, but we would not just hand them money. We would go with them to pay their electric bill or their rent or their light bill or make the check out to their landlord or something like that. And a lot of times people denied the money because we were not just giving them cash. Hmm. That's probably the craziest stuff that I can tell on here. But it happens all the time. It Um, does. People don't understand this, that churches, whenever I see someone that has office hours, I'm like, oh, man, they're getting bombarded by one or two of these person people yep. each day. And it isn't that you don't want to help people because you do. Right. And that's the, the crazy part. And, man, it happens all the time. But I think God gave us a understanding of not to be foolish. Discernment. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, we... We as people, as humans, we want to be giving. Most of us want to be giving and helpful, but it's the same people that come back time and time again. And when you offer to take them to go get food or diapers for their baby, it's a no. They just wanted the cash. Well, that probably wasn't what it was being spent for. So, I've actually had people that come, that came, and I don't do office hours anymore. I'm kind of for that reason. Like I'll go to my office or I'll be, you know, working, but. Because people, they're on a rotation. They actually have it mapped out, and they'll go to a certain area of a state, and they'll have, like, all the churches mapped out, and they'll go from one church to the next. Well, little did they know, in our area, when I was in Ripley County, we had just a text message among the pastors, and they'd say, hey, I saw this person today. That's their name today. Uh, But you had to tell what they drove, because they changed their name between churches if they need to. Um, We had to come up with that, and that sounds horrible, but that is what we had to come up to with. Um, In in the town that I was pastoring at we uh we made it a little more not difficult for people to get it but we as uh, all the churches would come together and this was what was great it was different denominations it wasn't yeah. even just all baptist churches it was christian catholic all of them would come together and they would donate money to this one organization mm. so this one organization was in charge of the people to help giving yeah giving yeah. the money out or helping with their bills or diapers and we had that organization, too. It's called the Sheriff's Office. Uh, and, we had an agape center. Did you? And, and yeah. That's cool. And it was, uh, it was, it was Christian-ran. It was all volunteered. Uh, we had a, a person who loaned us their barn, and we would keep, like, cool. beddings and furniture and all sorts of stuff in there. But it, would, it just got to the point where it needed to be done, and, like you, just, like you said, people would go from church to church and switch their names and stories and— this is the stuff you probably wouldn't hear on a normal basis. Like people no. do that, but there are people like that's that's, that's kind of their job. You see people standing on street corners, and it's it's rough to see. But you also have people coming to beg, and I've literally gave um, people some. No, I actually went to the store and bought them diapers and such because they yes. have the kids with them, and it's really sad. Like it you want to help yes. them. Like I just kind of want to be like, I'll take the kid and help you out. Right. But as soon as like I watched and and kind of somebody seen him later and he went turned the diapers back in <laughs> got the money and then went to the to right. get alcohol um we always keep the receipts yeah 
Well, sometimes it's, back that was back in the day, a couple years well, ago. Even now, if it's not like a huge monetary gain, then they'll give you the money anyway. So. Yeah, well, that's true, but no, I there's there's just a lot of things that happen, and um, you kind of was in ministry because your grandpa started the church, right? Yes, he did. So you wanted obviously you're called to do it, or you wouldn't have done it still, right? But uh, and no longer doing that currently, or are you? I am not pastoring a church right now, no. Gotcha. But it's interesting because we, we do play pickleball, um, and people think that ministry has to be done in the church, but ministry is done everywhere. Right. Because you are, if you believe in Jesus and you follow him, you are his light everywhere you go. Right. Um, even at the pizza place where we eat a lot of pizza. I, th- I honestly think that you could do more um, ministry outside of church than you do inside. Yes, you might get 100 people to talk to on Sunday morning for an hour or so, but that's one small section, sliver of your life. Yeah. It's not how it's designed. God never said, you know, put up one building, that's the only ministry you do. Right. There. He actually said, go live your life. And, and Church is just a building. It's the people inside that make the church. Yeah. How do we get people to go and be the church? <laughs> We don't. We, That's we, the answer. Yeah, you cannot make <laughs> someone do that. Yeah. Um, I know that, just for the re- record, being a pastor is, is fun in, at some times and, and not so fun at other times. And that's why I think it's important for uh, people in ministry. Um, sometimes you need to give them a little bit of a break in, in areas. Yes. Uh, because it's hard. Uh, uh, it's I, I really think it's because people have a mindset of what Christians are supposed to be. Not uh, according to the Bible, but just how they have their mindset. Right, how they have, yeah. <clears throat> for, for example, uh, we were, Mitch and I were eating pizza with some other guys, and we saw a priest that was sitting at a table, and they told Mitch, hey, you should go over there, he's, he's, he's alone. And, you know, they probably don't have a whole lot in common, but that's how it's perceived is you're supposed to be like a priest and yeah and that's the religion stand stand apart like they i think they want us to stand up not even stand apart i don't even know what they they think but and that's why i don't even really honestly like to tell people hey i'm a pastor right and i i promise you i probably most of the people we play pickleball wouldn't know except for when mark brought (laughs) me the first time was like oh this is my friend mitch he's a pastor you guys calm down now. And I'm like, really? Like <laughs> yeah. that? Because I don't, what we don't want is we don't want people to act different around us. Right. Because when they get away from us, it doesn't, they're just going to act like they were. And right. It, we don't care how you act. It's, it's God that really matters. So, yeah, it's, you don't have to meet us on Judgment Day. No. And that's probably a good thing because right. we're not as forgiving. I would have already smited myself a while back. Uh, yeah. Um, long while back. But uh, no. And so. <clears throat> As a family man, you've got a couple of kids and a wife. I have, yes. Yes. Um, what has been the coolest thing about being a dad? Let's start there. I think the best part about being a dad is the love. They have an endless love for you and as you do for them. And you could do something wrong and they will call you out on it and vice versa. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all love. That's unconditional love at its best. It is. I think that I think as a good parent and a child is about as close as love as you could get to 
a godly love. That's interesting. Well, I agree. And uh, we'll have to remember that as your kids keep growing older and they're teenagers. They, they, they challenge that at times. <laughs> my son is already a teenager. He's 15. And my daughter's right behind. Yeah. And... So definitely a teenager, really. I mean, yeah. just the attitude of that. Yeah, really. she's she's 12 and he's 15, so. Mine's four, the youngest, and she's pretty much a teenager as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, wait a minute. Like, yeah. And what what point do you think that they realize, like, you might know what you're talking about, or has that happened yet? I think it'll, I think it'll be when they're grown and look back. Yeah. That's how I was. Like, <laughs> my parents didn't know anything. I knew everything. And I look back and realize that, there might have been a time or two that I was wrong. A time or two, yeah. Yeah, maybe a couple. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that they've come to that conclusion yet. No. I think that now, I think that there is several times where they're like, "Oh, you were right." When immediate reactions happen. Yeah, I get that. Like, like my daughter. A consequence. Right. Yeah. Like my daughter was swinging one time and she tried to jump off a swing and broke her arm. And we told her not to do that, but she realized quickly that daddy and mommy were probably right. And the crazy part is we can kind of relate this with God because he tells us what's right. Right. And we kind of do our own thing. Yeah. And it's not until we get hurt because we did something we shouldn't have that he's like, oh, yeah, you were right. Yeah. And the price of the swing deal was at your expense. Right. you're the dad. <laughs> uh, the price of the swing deal for us in life is kind of at God's expense. He's already paid all that. Right. As a Christian, it's awesome to see. Um, my son, Zeke, he's five, going to be six here soon. He's, he, he thinks he's right now more. So mm -hmm. he's got this Lego sets. He's a big Lego guy. And he thinks that, uh, he has to be really low in his demeanor to be like, dad, I don't know what's wrong. I can't fix it. Yeah. But, but there has been times recently, but the other day he was shooting this bow and arrow. Uh, it's, it has the plastic tips and his aunt was nice enough to get that for our family for Christmas. Thanks. Um, <laughs> cause they're four and five. Like this isn't like they're going to shoot at each other. Like that's the main goal. Yeah. <laughs> that's what a bow and arrow with plastic tips is for. Right. And, uh, he was holding it from the top with his one arm and trying to pull back the string. And, and he was struggling as, as you can imagine. And I said, that's not how you do it. And he kind of just kind of flips his lid for a second and says, well, that is how you do it, dad. And I'm like, you know, and anybody who knows me, I'm not like an archer. Right. But I know where to hold right. the bow and arrow. And so he gets frustrated. I kind of get frustrated because I'm like, it's starting to happen more and more. And I know this is going to come, as you would tell me, is they're going to be very rebellious that you just can't be right. And I'm right the way I do things. Um, I think I'll, I'll also along with that is sometimes you just have to let them make mistakes. Just like God lets us make mistakes. We have a free will to do whatever we want. Yep. Uh, we probably shouldn't, but we do. Sometimes I wish I wouldn't. Right. But then we'd be a puppet and God wouldn't be God. Right. But no, I, I look at that and I said, so I did. I walked away and I was, I was kind of frustrated because I'm like, fine, do what you want to do. And be a horrible shot. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, you won't hate your sister as much. So this is kind of good. <laughs> right. And then he, he kept screwing up. And then my wife, who's a lot more patient, was like, Zeke, you should have listened to your dad. You should do it this way. Of course, he listens to her. Right. Because he realized he was wrong. Right. And maybe dad did know what he was talking about. Again, that happens in everyday life with stuff yeah. that we know what's right. And we're like, oh, we'll try it our own way anyways. Um, it's an age-old problem. Yeah. 
Have you ever stepped on those Legos though? Barefoot? I, I have. Um, I actually won't even go in Zeke's room without um, some steel-toed <laughs> boots. Uh, they are in case awful. a Lego just falls from you know the shelf or something, because they are. That's why he uses them at home alone. One yeah, yeah. It's like I know how to get them. Let's put Legos down there. And they hurt. And there's these little. I thought they were cool when I got them for my son. Like the little planes. Yeah. But planes are bad because they have those sharp wings and stuff, yeah. and they're always on their side. My son went through a phase where he wanted to be a pilot. Hmm. And so he was like collecting model airplanes, like these cast iron, not really model, cast iron airplanes. And you and stepped on them. Yes. And they all had their wheels down for landing. Yep. And when they're turned over, and that's the first thing you step on, it's... Something landed. Yeah. Inside your foot. It did. Deep inside. Well, that's fair. And there's probably plenty of toys out there that oh, I sure, stepped yeah. on um, because kids don't do a great job of picking things up. Maybe that gets better someday. Probably not. I'm not really going to. Well, they don't have as many little toys. They, yeah. Now they're hooked to a TV or, or different things sometimes. My kids really aren't that much. Nice. Oh, my, my daughter does like to watch like a certain TV show and she will watch it constantly. But they also, my son's really into music, and he's never hardly at home anymore because he works at a music station now or a music studio. He's always really? he's involved in band and choir and all sorts of music stuff. He wants to be a conductor when he graduates college. and He wants to be a conductor now. So he went from yeah. pilot to conductor. Yeah, like music is his thing. He's, yeah. I mean, he could put your AirPods in as a pilot, but yeah. that's not yeah. near as fun. What's your daughter? What's what she want to do, or you have a clue? Um, she wants to be famous. Okay. She doesn't care how. <laughs> well, <laughs> she wants she she's really into dance right now, so dance is what she wants to be famous as. Famous as. Huh. But uh, is that is that hard sometimes as a dad when they do dance? Because I've I'm already see this in the future as it's going to be a problem because my kids like music and dance. The no. Stuff they wear sometimes. No, because. She's 12 and has not read, read, she's not been there yet. Well, it's still hard. I, I know six-year-olds that they wear pretty, like, stuff that I'm like, I don't think I'd let my daughter wear that. Um, I think what the costumes and uniforms that she's worn has all been, like, little, little like, tutu skirts. And she also has, like, the leggings underneath and shorts and tank top and... Uh, jeans sure. and sweats right and, turtleneck yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, no it, i just think that's i guess when i go to like a basketball game and i yeah. see like the dance team come out the dance team is different than the cheerleading that's what you also the dance team is usually in like at, at our school anyway like black pants and a blue shirt that's definitely not some dance teams i've seen from local high schools other than that but and my daughter does not good. want to be a cheerleader I am okay with that. Yeah. I'm not going to stay spend some time dissing on cheerleaders, but yeah, yeah. I have given my wife a hard time for a long time. Uh, one of my biggest things, and I know cheerleading coaches, and they're very nice, and they're awesome, yeah. but they did, literally if I go to a basketball game today at South Ripley where I grew up, um, a lot of the same cheers. Yeah, yeah. That was when I sat the bench and heard them all the time. That's really why I don't like them because <laughs> the loudest cheerleader would be right next to me on the bench. <laughs> And I just got tired of it. I, I just it didn't it didn't inspire me, but I was also just there to warm the bench, so it didn't yeah. help. Uh, we, everybody's got to be that guy. Well, 
every, every team has that guy. I there you say. go. That's every team mean. has that guy. Yeah. Um, I was blessed to have, like, we had to have tryouts in junior high. Now you, we have sixth graders come up to play on the seventh grade team. But back in the day, there was, like, 15 that tried out, 13 made it. So that means if you were 12 or 13 like this guy, it was a long wait to get in the basketball game. Oh, we yeah. had to be up by, like, I had to cheer for us to either be up by 50 or down by 50. Oh, yeah. So if we started getting down a little bit, I'm like, in, in, in my inner heart, I was like, man, I hope we just tank this so I get to play a couple minutes. <laughs> um, one of the worst things, if there's ever any coaches listening, is playing for, like, like you didn't get to play the whole game, and you're up by, like, 15, in, like, the last 12 seconds your coach puts you in. Yeah. So the other players can get a, a standing ovation. That's the worst. I always, When I coach, I said I will never – I will never put anybody in for for. It's seconds. gotta be at least uh, a minute. Give them a couple, yeah, and then and then solid the, sixty seconds. So then those people get in, and this is just me venting. This is, I'm sorry, this is encouraging to me, I guess, to you, that everybody has to. Some people go through this, but and then they have to hold the ball. Like you get in, you're yeah, ahead, yeah. you're ahead ten or fifteen with forty five seconds to go. So hold the ball, don't shoot it. Right. As a kid, here you have one goal. Like nobody cares about rebounds, assists. Right. You got to well, make that. Basket. You should care, but they don't. Right. They just want to shoot a basket. Right. And it's like, man, I hope I have it. Oh, there's no shot clock, so you're even just you're just in trouble. You just have to hold the ball the whole yeah. time. Yeah. It's just no good. Um. So you're married, and you've been married for a long time. I've been married for sixteen years. Okay, that's really not a long time for a lot of people listening, but. I got married when I was 19. My wife was 18 when we got married. Yeah, and it worked. It's been it's been rough, but amazing. Yeah. She's an amazing woman. I love her with all my heart, and I. And you see, God gave. I, I really believe that God gave her to me and me to her. So, so you said earlier that uh, the love between a parent, a good parent, and a kid was the most like God's love. Yes. But your wife does show that in many she, ways as she well. She does show agape love a lot. And with me, you have to be patient because <laughs> I I can be loud and obnoxious. And This is true. We are at the YMCA, and, and most people would vote that Ryan can be a little bit loud. I'm, I'm not that boring. Uh, sometimes. Well, we'll get I do in, like to just sit around. We do need bit. to get into boring here in a minute. But, uh, but she does show love in several what godly ways. Um, I think you have to have the patience. Yes. And we, and you do with your wife sometimes too. Oh yeah. And I, I think really what it is, is you have to be really stubborn to last that long. Yeah. There's no giving up in our relationship. And I know that, and she does too. And it's not just for the kids. It's not just for, it's for us. Yeah. And ultimately God will get the glory out of it. Right. Um, yeah, no giving up. My, that was one thing our pastor Shivers did when our premarital counseling. He said, if you have a dictionary at home, just take the word divorce out of it. He's like, yeah. just cut it out. Go home and cut it out. And so we did. And that's never – some couples threaten, like, well, we'll get a divorce. And I think that's also very – please don't threaten your spouse right. with a divorce, no matter what they're doing, because that's never going to help the situation. No. It's going to end badly. That's free counseling right there from – for me and Ryan. Um, boring. <clears throat> Some people think Christianity is boring. Yes. That's probably why a lot of people don't even look into it. Like, I don't want to go to church, which sometimes, honestly, I, church can be boring. It can be. Yeah. It kind of depends how you go, your outlook, outlook right. going into it. But it's it's probably not as, it can't, it's 
Well, it can I honestly it can be entertaining. It, yes. <laughs> I'm we I grew up Southern Baptist. So uh a lot, like there's a lot of shouting and praising God verbally, um physically. It's not where they're like running up and down the aisles, but So you didn't really have people falling asleep much. I mean, if they did, you just get louder and they'll wake up. I've tried to get louder as a pastor, and some people still won't wake up, but I think they're just pretty good at sleeping. Well, see, what you do is, like, you have to slam your hand down on, like, the pulpit. Like, you're getting really excited, and that startles them awake. Really? Yeah. It's see, I've too. learned something today. This Maybe next week, since it's not really recorded and online right now because of our internet situation, I might just slam my hand down. I think you should. That sounds like a challenge. I might. Um, or your Bible is made of leather. It's not going anywhere. Slam that on the pulpit. Ooh. That's loud, too. You say it's not going anywhere. But well, yeah, mine, mine's... Mine's completely detached from all the pages, yeah, and yeah. it's just the leather outside, Yeah, um, which is a good thing. Um, we had... But back to being Southern Baptist real quick. Uh, we went to some of these... Uh, well, my, my grandpa would have these preachers come in from all over the place. And we had this guy. His name was Jim Humphreys. He's passed away now. Great man. Lover of God. I mean, he was a godly man. And he would, he would like jump pews. And by jumping pews, I mean, you, you picture like this white headed old man, heavy, overweight, heavy guy standing on the front pew. And he's just like leaping over the pews. Really? Yes. And like, how, like, not like leap, leaping, like he wasn't like hurtling them. He would like kind of like he was old. He would like step over, but kind of fall onto the next one. Is this just to get to the person that he's trying to preach to the whole time? Like, uh, I'm no, going to get closer I, like, to you or? I think like, I, I really don't know. I think like the spirit took over Okay. and he was just like, he was like caught up and like he had a lot of energy and. Definitely not boring though. No, no. If you fall asleep during services, it was, uh, you were probably sick <laughs> or had a yeah. hearing you loss. You would be tested today for, for COVID or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, yeah. Yes. No, and I think that's the I, – I do. And I've, I've, I've been around a lot of people, and even with the recovery people, and since you've worked with people like this, they just like the other day, one guy comes up and says, honestly, the stuff I did in the past, and he was younger, it was fun. He's like, and I got a lot of adrenaline rush out of it, and it was – it wasn't really about the drugs as, as far as the stuff I did when I was doing the drugs. I get that. And I was like, he's like, so you telling me like I have to stay in a house with, with a bunch of guys for 23 hours a day or on a Saturday or something, that's hard for me. He's like, there's just nothing to do. It can be boring compared to what I was doing. Yeah. Another way people say is, man, I was making, you know, 15000 a week selling drugs. Why would I give that up to make $400 to go work at this factory and work way harder? Right. So what do you tell people with things like this? Of you, There's nothing you can tell them to discourage them from making $1,500 to $400 or to give it up. It's, it's a personal choice. Um, you cannot make anybody sober. You cannot force anybody to not drink or do drugs or party or whatever they're doing, gambling. I mean, whatever they're doing, you cannot force somebody to not do that. But you could be there for them when They're times ready. get tough. And it usually takes a pretty traumatic event, I'm, sometimes, not every time, 
before people turn to help. And help doesn't need to be in the form of a pastor or a minister or a Christian at that. It, anybody that will take the time to love them and help them and be there for them. And I think that that's where... I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Like they don't want to give up their freedom and they also don't want to fail. Uh, that's a big one. Relapse is awful. Like you people that I've known people that were sober for like 23 years and then they relapse and they're like, that was the worst mistake I've ever made in my life. But relapse is a part of recovery. I mean, it's, it's, it's really tough. It is tough. It's, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to meet people where they're at sometimes. Yeah. We are expecting them to be sober for years and we're expecting them to be model citizens, but that's not where they're at. They're at their worst, their lowest points. And that's where it's hard, I think, as people is to meet people where they're at. I think it's sometimes, so we do have some people who are recovering and they come to church um, through our house and different things. That's so cool because the people that are at church already that's been there a long time, they don't know how long this person's been sober. Right. They don't know their past. They don't mm -hmm. know if they've been in jail. They don't know any of that. So they treat, him like, they treat them like everybody else. And I think that's just the important thing anyways because yeah. you want to be treated by everybody else like, like everybody else. And you've been given a lot of grace, just as I have, of stuff that we should definitely got in major trouble or not yeah. be forgiven. But that's the part of a family. If you're going to be a family, you gotta, you got to do some forgiving. Right and move on. I had an awesome opportunity yesterday. And this isn't to brag about myself. I get to brag about God because I wasn't planning on being over there. But I had to drop something off. And there's a guy who's, who's been in jail or prison for like two and a half years. And I'm talking to the guys at the house and, he's, and he says, he just got dropped off yesterday a couple hours before I got there. He says, do you mind taking me out to get something to eat? I haven't had real food in two and a half years. And I'm like, oh, this is an awesome opportunity. I, I get to Took take him this out for guy. Pizza. Well, he wanted pizza. <laughs> he did. And I couldn't drive him all the way to uh, Wanamaker. But I pizza said. Pizza King. No, no. Pizza King. See, if he said, <laughs> I want Pizza King, I would have said, okay, we'll get Pizza King. But yeah. he didn't. I mean, Arby's had to be the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that's the best we could do in North Vernon at the time. I couldn't right. do a sit down. Um, but I was just thankful. When you say you got to be there for someone, sometimes you just got to be willing to give up. And most of the time, people just need some time. Right. It's time not a, something we don't want to give. Right. It's not, a, it's not a monetary donation that we're giving them. It's just our time and love, patience. Yeah. And it does take time away from your free time, I guess, quote, unquote. Right. I have to make it a confession, confession too, while we're on here, in front of you know, the millions that are listening, of course. Um, I, I bought a PlayStation 4 at one point for the Potter's House, and kind of so I could go play it because my wife doesn't really like me playing video games yeah. much because I used to be addicted. So that's one of those things. Um, but uh, it was going great. A couple of the guys left the house or graduated. Nobody played the PS4 anymore. So, you know, I didn't want it sitting around. So, <laughs> yeah, so I took it to my house and uh, bought the new Madden game or whatever. And I was enjoying playing some PS4 sometimes. Well, the guy who asked me, he didn't want to be bored. He said, do you have any gaming systems? Because I hear that at one point there was a gaming system in the house. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get you something. So <laughs> it's Sunday afternoon. I tell my wife, I'm like, we need to put a post on Facebook. 
you know, does anybody have any gaming system? It doesn't matter if it's like a Nintendo 64 or Super Nintendo. And she looks right at me and she goes, well, you need to give them that PlayStation 4. And I said, oh, like. That's because she's getting you a PlayStation 5. No, that's definitely not. Like, <laughs> if you listen to this, Caitlin, you are more than welcome to get me a PlayStation 5. But Encouraged. Meant to go. So go and get that. Exactly. And come back. No, um, that's not going to happen. I know my wife better than that. She's So I did. I sucked it up. That's another reason I went to the house. I, I bagged it up, took it over there, and, and took one for the team of life. There you go. I don't need it. No. It does take Like, What good is it doing me to play a video game? None. But it's fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy playing video games, but I don't have a, I don't have the patience to play for long. Well, that's good because it wastes a lot of time. Yeah. Um, Caitlin's an elementary teacher, and many times a kid will be extremely tired, and she'll be like, "What? What's wrong with you today? You know, you're you're really tired." And she, they're, they're nine times out of ten, it's I played video games till early this morning. Like stayed that'll up all it. night. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. So, I have I have ADD, so like. Mitch probably couldn't tell. Never, <laughs> never knew that. Yeah, but uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't sit very well and play. I don't sit well at all. Like getting through a movie is kind of difficult for me. And wow, but I like to be up moving around, and it works that way. So I don't have to sit around and play. I do like to play Call of Duty and stuff like that sometimes. But is that why you don't read books very much? Yeah, I, I my attention span is not there. So you listen to books or? No. You don't? No. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't do anything with books usually. I mean, I, I've read several. Tell us your favorite because this is a good one. I, I enjoyed Tuesdays with Maury. Okay. And just the life lessons that you can learn from that book, I think, is. But I was also forced to read it for school when mm-hmm. I was going to college. So that wasn't something that I would have chosen to do. But At least it was a good one. It was a good one, yeah. I don't really have the... Uh, patience to just sit down it it would take it takes me forever to read a book because I can only read for like 15 or 20 minutes at a time then I got to get up and do something then I forget where I was at or forget what I already read so then I have to read it again so there's a lot of rereading there is yeah yeah and I uh I actually don't know a ton about Ryan which is kind of a good thing um this is a fresh yeah (laughs) this is fresh and we don't come up with questions before these things so I'm just throwing off the hip here our I'll give you a second, Ryan, to think about if you could, the listeners, if you could just encourage them or, or a thought or something that you're like a life mantra, a man, I need you. Like, I wish people would know this. Um, I don't need a second. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, faith. 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 That's what you need to know. Faith is not something that you have. It's something that you do. Um, and I believe it's, it's in second Timothy might've been first Timothy, but Paul's talking to and telling us how faith without actions is dead. Yeah. Um, I think people use the word faith too much. They say that they have faith in this, but what are you doing about it? Oh, I'm going to let God take care of it. That's not really how faith works. I mean, Limp Biscuit saying about faith when we were younger. Right, right. And how did that work out? No, not my role models. <laughs> right. Um, I think that that's probably the best advice that I could give anyone is faith without, well, not, it's not my advice, but right. faith without works is dead. And so there's a lot of dead faith. 
Right. Like, I was I was told this like little joke when we were talking about faith. This this guy it was during a flood, and the waters came and rose, and he climbed on his roof and he was praying to God, "Please, God, help me, save me. I have faith that you will." And this helicopter came, and he sent the helicopter off. He said, "No, I have faith that God's going to save me." And then a boat came, and he said, "No, I have faith that God's going to save me." And then a rescuers came. No, I'm going to have faith that God saves me. Well, the guy drowned. And he gets to heaven and he asks God, why didn't you, I had faith that you didn't, that you were going to help me. He said, we, I sent you a plane. I sent you a helicopter. I sent you a boat and rescuers. Why didn't you accept it? Well, faith is something that he had, but not something that he was doing. He didn't have the faith to get in there. He didn't have the faith to rise above the water. He just wanted God to take care of it. And when God puts something in your life, it's up to us whether we use it for good or not. And we do. We have options all the time. I know we're sitting in chairs right now. We had faith to sit in that chair. And but without the work to get, or without us taking an action to sit in our chair, what, what good is faith? It was pointless to have the faith in the chair. Right. So that's a, that's kind of like the way I use it. Um, yeah. I won't say spin it, but I, right. I like that example because I have faith that my car is going to start when I go outside. I hope it does. I mean, right. faith and hope. There we go. I'm using biblical terms for my car. So yeah. it's nice that we can do that. But what do we do with that with God? Um, I, I think there was a movie. It was, I think it was God's Not Dead 2. Um, they were trying to get to a conference, and their car would not start. And their car would not start. And finally, one of the preachers or the, one of the ministers started putting this stuff in the car. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, you have to have faith to, in order for this to work. Mm. And he loaded up the car. He loaded up everything. It took him a while to load it up. And they got in the car, and the car started. Well, the guy showed faith. He had faith. He was, he was showing that he had faith by putting all of the stuff in his car. The car didn't work for several days. They didn't take it to a mechanic. They didn't put any more gas in it. They didn't do anything to it. But he had faith that it was going to start. See, we, I think we confuse that with, well, I'm having patience and waiting on God. Yeah. But Patience God's and saying, faith are different. Yeah, they are. And, and God's probably saying, well, I needed you to go right. take the step and go do something about it and not just relying on You are relying on me by taking a step. Right. And I think that there's one other thing that I would have to say about is God answers prayers. It might not be the answer we want. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be yes. Sometimes it's going to be no. But God answers all the prayers. It might not be in the time that we want right. or whatever, but the prayers are getting answered. It just might not be what we want to hear. And I think that that with Christians is difficult to hear. It is. Uh, we're, that's kind of the life, uh, season of life we're going through. Like, God, how are you answering this? But we still trust God knows the better way than we do. And that's... It's just hard for us to accept the trust, though. Yeah. Well, when it hits you personally, like in the deepest part, you're like, what in the world? Like, why right. don't you answer it this way? Um, but God always comes through. So, well, you got anything else for, is this it? This is the Ryan. This is me. Okay. This is my big break. I'm going on to do bigger and better things now. This is your big break. I, <laughs> I said, if you're on this podcast, I, I know you're going to get out there. But, no, there is serious parts of life. There's, but that's, and God wants you to be serious. Right. But he wants you to enjoy. We, I think that word doesn't get enjoy. Right. 
life? I don't, I don't think that everything needs to be uh, like a cookie cutter process. I think that there's a lot of joy that you could have in, in life and getting out and doing, meeting dif different people and being loud. And I think the younger generation, sometimes it's possible they can get this a little bit better because the older generation has been engraved in like, you've got to do it this way. You've got to yeah. do it this way. And we're like, well, let's just see what God has for us. So yeah, I, th I think that that I think that people being set in their ways hmm. is uh, very, very hard to get out of. It is, but I've I will but say doable. And I will close with, with saying this: there's been a lot of older people that I've been amazed by how supportive of things that. Yes. You know. Yeah. Like sometimes it's like the middle class or like not the middle class, excuse me. Middle like age. The middle age. Yeah. yeah. That they're like, what are you doing? But the older ones, they're all on board. The younger ones, they're all excited. The middle age yeah. is like, eh. I wasn't saying it was just old people. I was just saying that uh, once you get set in your ways about something, it's hard to, it's hard to change. No, it's definitely not just older people because younger no. people are very set in their ways. Yes. I'm one of them. And so are you. <laughs> so let's just <laughs> praise the Lord. All right. That's how we're going to end it. Have a blessed day, everyone. Thanks everyone for joining us on our podcast today. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. And if you know anyone else that could use some encouragement, we'd love if you would share it with them. We're all in this together. So until next time, my friends, on Courage Meant to Go.